Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced from the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beet brand for heart health support. The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production, healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart-healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Super Beats Heart Chews on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL. What's going on, Bulls fans? It's your boy Hayes again, and we're returning for another episode of Chicago Bulls Central. It's not going to be a long show this week. Uh, we don't have, a, well, we have some things to go over, but not a lot to go over. So it's not going to be a super long episode. First thing is that we have to talk about the Bulls free agency deals and how that it, 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 everything kind of came out now that the numbers have been made official. Uh, first off, uh, Marco Simonovic. Again, I know I'm going to murder his name all season. I, I just know I am. Uh, so his deal, he is officially signed. Um, and it's a three-year, $4.3 million deal, which is a really solid deal. The The Bulls will keep his bird rights in, in the case like that. And, you know, that's for a player who, you know, the Bulls expect to develop. Um, so far in Summer League, he's shown flashes. But again, you know how I told you guys how I look at Summer League competition. I don't really buy into it too much. Um, but he does, he, you do get to see his skill set. And I think more importantly, that's what you want to see at the time of summer league. You want to see what that skill set, uh, looks like. And he showed a lot of it, ability to shoot the ball. Um, not a whole lot of post moves. I don't know if he was expected to have that or not. Um, but he can stretch the floor. Um, and you know, he's played pretty well. So that was, uh, Marco Semenovic. Again, if I'm saying that right. Um, also, uh, the Bulls second round pick IO. Uh, they signed him to a two-year, uh, fully guaranteed deal at two point four eight million, which is honestly a little bit more than what most second-round picks make. And so, you know, Bulls showing some faith in him also there. Uh, De Demar Derozan and Alex Caruso's deals came in a little bit less than was expected. I believe Demar Derozan's uh, deal was initially like reported being about eighty-five million, ends up coming at a right uh, under eighty-two million dollars a year. And then also Alex Caruso, four years, thirty-six million dollars about a million or so less uh, than was originally reported there as well. So the Bulls um, really made some great moves, some smart moves that, you know, now that, you know, those deals came in at about less than what we were expecting. It just makes the, the Bulls seem uh, really, really smart in how they, how they brought these deals together. And I think ultimately it's just, it just feels good to see the Bulls acting like a big market team again. That's what a lot of this conversation is going. And I know there's converse, there's, talks about what fit's going to be and we'll talk about that a little bit later when we get into uh the virtual press conference and specifically DeMar DeRozan's comments but I think overall as a Bulls fan as somebody who's been a fan of this team for years I, again I'm born and raised Chicago Bulls fan um my dad's from Chicago which I've so, said before and it's always been the Bulls for me now my Bulls fandom kicked up to all-time high right at the baby Bulls era uh right before the the Derrick Rose era and then it just 
Of course, Derrick Rose is probably my greatest time as fandom as a Bulls. And this is really the most active I think we've seen and aggressive we've seen the Bulls be since uh, the free agency that brought in Carlos Bruiser, uh, Kyle Korver, um, uh, Ronnie Brewer. We also signed J.J. Redick to an offer sheet that year that the, the Orlando ended up, uh, Magic ended up making. And by that, I mean, like, yes, Lonzo Ball, great. And his deal came in, a little, I think, a little bit less than people were expecting, too. But, um, and you know, Lonzo Ball's contract has a lot of incentives. And I think that works for him and the team, right? Uh, when you give an incentive-laden deal, and it's uh, been reported as incentives he's not likely to hit, which I don't like that because that means the Bulls, you know, is not expected to do whatever. But I think uh, it, it puts the onus on the player to play up to their expectation and their standards. And then the, the franchise will benefit, even though they're going to be paying more money, by uh, the winning. The winning. So if, if that happens, that means that they got a hell of a deal in the player. I'm sorry I got a little sidetracked there. Um, but that offseason that the Bulls did, um, when, like I said, when we brought in Carlos Boozer and, and the whole bench mob that year, while there was no huge big name signings, the team ended up coming together and playing with such synergy and with the coach that we probably we we exceeded expectations by what we had on paper. And while, yes, there are legitimate reasons to question how that fits going to be um, with with some of these players. Ultimately, I hope that they constructed this team in a way that it's and have, have a coach that's going to be able to bring the best out of everybody who's on this team. And we see some people uh, play better than what uh, we're expecting them to play. But, you know, to get back on that topic of the Bulls finally feeling like a, a big market team again, even back then, right, when, when it happened, when like that, that offseason that I talked about, I can't remember what year that was. I believe it was probably like 2009, 10 offseason, but uh, it's been so long. But, you know, us having a front office in which it seems like they're going to be aggressive about making deals, that doesn't mean that every deal is going to work out. And I can't wait to, like, see how Bulls fans, because as a fandom, we've been through a lot the last decade. But we're also a fickle fandom. And while a lot of our other fandom is celebrating these moves, is are they going to be jumping down Karnasova's neck um, and Mark Eversley's neck uh, the moment that some, one of these deals seems like maybe it's not going to be as positive as what we're expecting? That's where my head is. And that's the things that I question um, about just how this is going to go now. Hopefully, you know, when you have these aggressive front offices, these um, these GMs and these executives that are always focused on improving the team, even if you have a deal that necessarily doesn't work out the way that maybe we thought it would on paper um, and, and goes maybe more negative than positive, you got to think and hope that they are so aggressive. They are so focused on improving the team that they're going to be able to call it audible. They're going to be always trying to maneuver and keep adding pieces and making this team better. And that ultimately is like just the, the positivity that I'm pulling out of. I don't know about every Bulls fan. It, it's a lot of positivity on social media, at least on my Twitter and with like uh, other Bulls podcasters and stuff. But it just really, it feels good to have a team that's operating this way. And I think also that we, something that we, um, that we don't point out enough as well is that, is that, you know, Jerry's Ryan, Jerry Reinsdorf is really not as hands-on with this team anymore. He's not running things here. So us like going into the luxury tax, something that we haven't been able to do for years that we always try to avoid and things like this. It, it's like everything's coming together for a perfect storm of us finally being able to step out of this kind of just this purgatory that we've been in as as a franchise for so long. And, you know, that's what I take a lot out of, out of this personally. And that's how I feel. Um, I'm just, it's just it's just it just feels good to be a Bulls fan again. That's that's ultimately 
what it comes down to um, overall. And, you know, Summer League. So I want to talk just briefly about Summer League. Um, Patrick Williams has looked really, really good more than not in Summer League. Um, like I said, uh, you know, Io hasn't looked in, in, incredibly impressive at all or really good, to be honest with you. Uh, Semenovich has shown some flashes as well. But like I said, I, I Summer League, I don't necessarily, because this isn't going to be representation of the competition they're going to be facing in the NBA. Specifically for Patrick Williams, why he, he's been more aggressive, his dribble looks tighter, his release looks a lot quicker, um, and he just is, he's, he's way more aggressive and more confident out there. Now, when he gets back in this Bulls team, in this starting lineup, we know he's going to go from being the number one option right now on the Summer League team to really being not an offensive option at all, unless his aggressiveness and his development shows and makes them make him a big part of this offense. The thing that, that shows that I feel really good about seeing Patrick Williams and how he's played in Summer League is the aggression, is the bigger level of confidence, and how that is going to help this team when, like, Zach has to sit or... DeMar isn't, isn't, is, is sitting down and like just having Patrick Williams be more aggressive and being more confident can only bode well for this team. And I really think as much as Zach is our franchise player, absolutely. And they need to resign him and Lonzo's going to be huge. Everybody's going to be a huge part. Our future right now, right now, especially since we've traded so many of our younger assets in the last couple of years, in the last really year and a half, um, is really on Patrick Williams. How does he develop? How, which way is he going to go? Is he going to go the, the solid three and D person? Is he going to go um, the person whose uh, contributions to the team and, and the winning and success isn't just about the stats. It's really kind of what he does and what he brings to the, the table as a whole right now. He can go either in any way or a combination of both ways. And that's, what's excited, exciting about Patrick Williams as a player. He is one of those players who maybe never has that one great thing offensively. I think his defense is always going to be the great thing about him, but like the one great thing offensively, like he may not always be a knockdown three point shooter. He may not be able to break people down off the dribble amazingly, whatever, but because he's able to do so much and be a high skill in so many different facets, he's going to be, he could be a dangerous player for us to have. And, and, and just to be on this team, his development is just as important as how this team ends up coming together and melt and melding. And I just hope that his development isn't at all lost because of the, the, the increased expectations of this team now, of the increased focus on winning. We still need to develop Patrick Williams. And I mean, a lot of that is on him as well. He's going to have to take some of his opportunities and not like outside of the flow of the game, but being in the flow and make the most of the opportunities given. And like I said, in times where Zach's sitting, DeMar's sitting, he, and he's still on the court with Lonzo and with the other starters or whatever else, he's going to have to show that when, they're, when one of those two are out, he should be the next one who, whose number is called and who the offense is built around. And he very well could do it. Like I said, maybe not even in this. This is just year two. But we need to see constant development from Patrick Williams. And I, I, that's just how I feel. That's just how I feel. Like the summer league, it's been great to see him. It's been great. Like he looks like he's put on a lot of, a lot of muscle as well. And it's, you know, not that that really matters. Like, I mean, it does to a degree. But like that was going to happen. He was 19 years old when he got drafted. Uh, I mean, just think about it. There's a lot of rookies this season who are still going to be older than Patrick Williams. So he just, he has a, a long way to go for development, but the potential is there. And that's ultimately what I wanted to see is, is, is the skill set that he flashes, not necessarily if he dominates or if the bulls win, just what he's able to do with this time and how he looks individually. And, you know, a, gr a great and solid summer league can't do anything, but continue to bowl well um, for his confidence going into the season.
Now, the next thing that I want to talk about um, in Bulls news, the Bulls had their virtual press conference and there were there were quite a few comments to come out of it. Caruso, who has said uh, who said in it like he feels he could average double digit points a game. Um, but he's he takes pride in defense. He also talked about, you know, LeBron being a teammate. But I think ultimately, like when you hear Caruso talk and then like see some of the advanced stats for him defensively, like this is one of the things that, you know, go and look at Caruso. I think he ranked in like the advanced metrics of defense in towards the top of the NBA. And that's something that I wouldn't, I didn't watch a lot of Lakers games last year. I didn't. Um, and it, the, the game that they, one of the games they played against the bulls, he got fucking ate up. So uh, I didn't watch a lot of Lakers games. I'm not the most like advanced metric stat person either who really searches that, but just, you know, of course, in trying to build my confidence in what the bulls can do and who, and who they're signing, learn these players a little bit more. If you see those advanced me- metrics on defense, it's it's crazy how good metric wise he is on defense. So, you know, to be able to have a player like that coming off the bench, um, especially when you have a lot of offense in your in your starting lineup. And, you know, Caruso is really one of those players who can play in any type of setup with in construction of what we have on this team. So, you know, hearing him, hearing his confidence is huge as well. Lonzo Ball, um, Lonzo Ball in this. You know, saying, uh, talking about how early, how he met Zach when he was getting recruited for UCLA um, and everything like that. And, you know, Zach Levine being one of the reasons him and DeMar uh, wanted to come here. You know, Lonzo wanted to be here because the Bulls wanted him and he wanted to be somewhere where he feels he can flourish and, and play in his game. And, you know, even in one of the questions that he was asked about how the Pelicans used him and he answered it politically. But you can you you have the I have the the suspicion, of course, that. It's it's reasonable to think that maybe he wasn't as happy as is as is in the ways that he was using the Pelicans, and hopefully he sees a better fit here uh, next to Zach and everything like that. And you know when you when you look at like the point guard you want next to Zach Levine, and a lot of times as fans we start putting we start getting in these ideas of like oh we need another imagine Zach next to someone like Russell Westbrook or something, and it's like you don't want two people that need the ball a lot. And while Alonzo is better on the ball, but like his vision and the fact that like. Zach being off the ball may be better, more off uh, being off the ball more now may be better for his efficiency in his game. Zach is probably not going to average the 26, 27 points he did this year. Um, just with when you look at like the, the construction of this team, but he's probably and he was efficient fairly last year. If those efficiency numbers go up, and even if the scoring drops down by three, four points a game, that's going to be huge because that ball is being spread around a little bit more. And so Lonzo talking at this it just everything about this conference just added more fuel to the fire positively as far as the way that i'm feeling about this team headed in but the key thing is demar derozan when he was asked about the fit and i'm going to read this quote exactly when he was asked about uh about how he's going to fit and how the bulls are going to fit together this was what he had to say i mean it's basketball you know a lot of people i see criticize and talk about fit this fit that probably never even played basketball being a basketball player you go out and play at the park some of your best teams is against guys you don't even know that you go out and compete with. For me, if everybody is on the same page and mentality of wants to win, it doesn't matter about fit because it's all going to come together how it needs to come together and make it work because at the end of the day, the common denominator is winning. If you have the men- that mentality going into it, everything will be figured out how it needs to be figured out in the process. That's where chemistry is built. And so... That is the type of leadership and veteran leadership and comments that you want from a player when you sign a veteran like DeMar DeRozan, somebody who played on the Spurs, um, 
And th- that's a great mentality. Now, I will say that I disagree that every because sometimes certain things and players and systems just don't fit. It it happens. But I do think that there's a lot to be said when he says, like, if everybody comes in with the mentality and the way that I take that statement is if him saying by the mentality of winning means meaning that everybody's not out for themselves they're not out for their own numbers they're out for whatever is going to get the team the victories and help brings everybody together and you need an uh, somebody like after after what we went through with um with the last coach that we had and then you know billy donovan coming in and wanting to change the culture demar derozan is a guy that you want to help change your culture and if we're going into being this winning team this team with with playoff expectations not aspirations they the bulls make no mistake the bulls are expected to make the playoffs next year if they don't make the playoffs i'm not saying like it's going to be this huge catastrophe we need to blow it up but it's going to be a huge disappointment hell people and bulls fans were disappointed this year when we didn't make the playoffs and we lost zach towards the end of the season imagine if a team like this comes together and we don't make the playoffs so what a team when you have a team that has the expectation of being in the playoffs with higher aspirations to maybe make it to the Eastern Conference Finals and being one of the best teams in the East, um, you have to have this this type of mentality. And hopefully that means, and what I pull out of this is basically sacrifice, a team that's willing to sacrifice for each other for the benefit of the of the organization. And so you get that from Caruso as well. And ultimately, that's what is going to have to happen. If we, for us to see a team in year one come together and really be cohesive and be on the same page, it's going to take sacrifice from everyone on that team on how to figure it out. And so it just, it, it really feels like a, like a organization that has expectations again, an organization that's gotten their footing back out. Make no mistakes. The Bulls are one of the best storied franchises because of the dynasty era. And we have a worldwide fan base because of that era. And so we are one of, we owe that specifically, not just to the market of being into Chicago, but with what um, Phil Jackson, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, um, and, and Jerry Krause, even let's not forget about what all they, that they contributed to this organization and that dynasty that they were able to put together. And because of that, because of, of that, there are always expectations of this Bulls team there, we have never let that go. Like I said, as a, as a Bulls fandom. And so because of that, you, you, I don't know as a Bulls fan, like I said, I get having doubts. I get having questions about the fitter, having questions about how it's all going to come together, having questions about if Zach's going to stay long term. I understand the questions, but you'd be crazy not to just be in a way more positive light because of everything that I named before. The fact that we're making moves, we have the front office who's not afraid to make moves and who has the, the mindset of always improving this team, who's not afraid to be aggressive in deals. We have now a starting five and a solid bench of players that all seem to you can you can get the picture yeah okay i understand the fit questions about zach and damar and how that's going to go over the season but they are both veterans let's not forget zach levine is what an eight-year vet at this point damar derozan has been in the league for years as well you would expect them to be able to get together get it together and for you check as well because now they have something to fight for uh levine coming off winning the gold medal this team has expectations. They have aspirations. They have all of that. And ultimately, that's just where I am as a Bulls fan. It's just really positive and really exciting. Now, last thing um, before we go is still the question that remains is Laurie Marketing. What the fuck is going on with Laurie Marketing? What's going to happen? Uh, Friday, this past Friday, and that's part of why I waited to drop this episode till today, 
was the last day for teams to pull qualifying offers. The Bulls did not pull Laurie's qualifying offer, which means he's still a restricted free agent, which means at this point there's only two outcomes. Well, there's three technical outcomes, but I highlight, the third one I find is going to be really, really unlikely. First outcome, Laurie just comes back on that qualifying, that one-year deal, and he goes into restricted free agency next year. Now, pros and cons of that is pros, Laurie gets out of here. He knows he has one more year. He can get out of here. He can sign with whatever team he wants to, whatever. Uh, cons, the Bulls have no incentive to play Laurie marketing at this point. You have a team that's trying to build chemistry, that's trying to win. What incentive do they have to really prioritize Laurie in any type of meaningful way? None. So does that hurt his market value? I mean, clearly his market value already isn't super high if he hasn't even gotten a qualifying offer. Aubrey Jr. got a qualifying offer. Laurie did not. So with that being said, you know, Laurie trying to bet on himself this season on this one-year deal could really backfire in his face if he gets injured, if he doesn't look good in the time that he's on there, or if the Bulls just don't really play him. Then they only have last season to go off of, and it's not great work. Now, the third outcome, which I said is completely, um, oh no, I'm sorry, I was still on the first one. Second Second um, possible outcome is the team does go ahead and sign him to an offer sheet. Uh, the Bulls either have at that point the, cho the choice to match or the choice to let him walk. Now, I think that that is not un as unlikely as number three, but I think it is also unlikely because at this point, you would think that he would have gotten an offer sheet signed if somebody was interested in him. You know, we get re the reports of the Mavericks being interested in the Mavericks, Pelicans, Hornets. Um, there was another team as well. Can't remember the other team right now, but there were reports of teams being interested in him in the last week or so. And so, but nothing's materialized from that. So the offer sheet thing, every day that goes by, this offer sheet from another team coming looks more and more unlikely to happen. Now, it could be that teams figure, they look at, they survey the field as well and figure, okay, why even give Chicago a chance to offer him something when we can wait another season, probably offer him less than what we need to on an offer sheet because he's probably not going to really do much this season. So you have that, that option and does exist just because Laurie hasn't necessarily gotten an offer sheet yet. Doesn't mean that teams aren't interested. They just could be playing the odds of it that really, even if they do believe in, in Laurie, let's say the Hornets for some reason in which in the sign and trade, they'd have to give something out. They really look at it and say, Hey, the bulls are unlikely to sign him to a long-term deal. Other teams that are interested, we don't pro we don't really see them going on a long term deal right now either. We can wait till next off season, whereas whereas we probably have to offer him about fifteen to seventeen million right now on the offer sheet, so the Bulls wouldn't match. If he doesn't play next season, we can probably get Laurie for about nine or ten million, save themselves assets, save themselves money, and still get a solid a, a player that they do believe in. So that chance always exists as well. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. Now, the third and highly unlikely uh, situation that happens here is that the Bulls come to a, a contract extension with them. We know why that's not going to happen. Uh, Laurie's already said he wants out. Bulls have shown no interest. We haven't even had, had rumors that they've even talked an extension. So because of that, that seems super unlikely, but it is a possibility. Um, it is an option that's on the table. It's just probably one that's not going to happen. The question of Laurie marketing, what happens with him this season and how his career goes is going to be so interesting to see how that plays out next offseason. I really don't want the distraction during the season. I honestly, if I was the Bulls, would consider not playing him much at all. And it sucks for a player that still has great Laurie marketing. That's the thing. As Bulls fans, we, we need to come to an understanding here. Yes, Laurie has disappointed us to where we thought he was going to be after year, year one and year two. 
But Laurie is still a player with a, with a great skill set that can contribute to a team. Like this whole thing of Laurie being a bum. Laurie's had a bad season, bad season and a half. But Laurie is far from a bum. I just I don't I don't see that. Laurie's just not the player that we thought he that we were going to be able to build a franchise around. But if you get him next to a Luca, if you get him next in in uh, in a um Hornets team with Lamelo Ball, you you I think we see a different side of Laurie marketing. And I've even said that like once Lonzo was signed, maybe the Bulls kept him. That was my kind of my thought because maybe having a real point guard, we see better sides of Laurie. And I still maintain that that idea just won't happen here at the Bull in the Bulls is that if you put Laurie in a proper situation with somebody where he really can just be him, like don't forget. Laurie um, went through a time where he was used incorrectly when we had a stupid ass coach. If you get a good coach who's, who believes in Laurie, you get good players and a system that fits him and a player that's that and a, with him with a player that's better than him. Um, we could see a different side of Laurie marketing. Laurie is going to be one of those players who when he leaves the Bulls, I'm still rooting for Laurie marketing because I really do like Laurie and I really do think Laurie um, has potential in this league and has potential as a player. So. I believe in Laurie Market and I have hopes for, for Laurie Market and we'll just see how it goes. Um, but that's it. Let me know how you guys feel on any of these topics. Let me know how you feel about uh, Laurie's career and his potential as a whole. Do you guys see it like me? Do you think Laurie can still, if he gets in the right situation, um, be an impact player in this NBA? I do. Um, but that's it. Uh, we do have finally social media. So we are on Twitter now and our Twitter is Bull Central Pod at Bull Central Pod on Twitter. Um, you can also follow me personally at CEO Hayes, the CEO H A I Z E. We still have our email. That's bullcentralpod at gmail.com. If you want to email us to let us know your thoughts about our lovely Chicago bulls. Um, we do have a voicemail for right now. This, this shared voicemail through, through my media company is 614-547-2038, but we'll be by next episode. We'll have a, um, a phone number just for this podcast, um, because it's so different from everything else I want to have it to have its own specific phone number. But this has been Chicago Bull Central. I'm your host, CEO Hayes. I'll see you lovely and beautiful people next week. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.